0: I'm ready, I'm ready, 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 I'm ready. Welcome to my temple, baby.
1: Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a platform for women to rise up together in sacred sisterhood. We are here to awaken, empower, and support you in claiming your yes as you step into your truth and divine power as a goddess. We are the healers, the shamans, the wise women, the unicorns, the fairies, and the mermaids who have come together to offer ourselves as messengers for the rise of the feminine. I am your host, Nixie Marie, goddess activist, shamanic artist, and oracle guide. I invite you to take a deep breath, inhaling white, sparkly, pixie-loving light, and exhaling anything that no longer serves you as we sit in sacred council together.
2: Welcome to my baby.
1: Hello sacred sisters. Welcome to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective podcast. I am super excited and honored to be graced with the presence of our goddess of the week. We have Magalie Renee Hayes up in the house. What's up, Mag? Hey, hey. <laughs> Magalie is a conscious lifestyle designer. She is a home interior expert. She's all into this, creating sanctuaries and making our spaces make sense and feel amazing. And we have her on today because spring is here and we're really excited to share with you guys some tips and tricks and hear about her story on what she's created in her life and how important living life like a sanctuary is. So welcome, Maggie. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hi, guys. Uh, I'm so thrilled to be here with you, Nixie, as always, my soul sister. Uh, So basically, I have been working in the last like four or five years in uh, creating spaces that really support people's lives. And really, I'm all about creating beautiful spaces that support a happy life and uh, conscious design for a better world. So that is both in residences and commercial spaces, and my specialty and niche is school design, so I work with a lot of schools and change the way their spaces look and feel. And I just finished a book, which is now in the final processes of being edited, and it's called Kids Smart Spaces, Decorating a Classroom that Changes Lives. So I'm super excited to be here. This is the work I love. I'm all about creating. I'm really all about connecting the way our environments make us feel and the life that we want to lead.
1: Beautiful. Well, Maggie and I actually did our first workshop together uh, last week, and it was really powerful to hear a lot of what she's been doing most of her life. So, I would love for you to share with us how you got on this path of creating conscious spaces, especially for kids, because that's incredible to be bringing that forth into the world. So please tell us your story.
2: Yeah, it's been an awesome journey, actually, Uh, a little bit of a winding road, and I've embraced that that's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you guys know Elizabeth Gilbert, obviously, very popular book, uh, bestseller, Eat, Pray, Love. Um, And Uh, big magic, which is her most recent, I believe. But she has a beautiful analogy about the hummingbird versus a jackhammer. And the jackhammer kind of knows from the beginning where they want to go and what they're into. And they just stand in place and hammer in that one spot until they, you know, create what they're looking to create in their lives. And a hummingbird kind of goes from place to place to place. And, you know, learning and exploring and pollinating as they go along on their path. And that basically, the hummingbird is a beautiful analogy for my life thus far, especially in my careers. I've, I've started, I think I started in like financial marketing and I did public relations for many years and event planning. Mm-hmm. So I really had a winding path, but I always, from a very young age, was very creative. I used to draw uh, fashion and, and outfits and be really into design and creativity. And I think I always knew that that was something I wanted to explore and eventually make my livelihood. Um, and I'd been inter- doing design and decorating work for my friends or my family in my own space for a really long time. I just never really thought about it being something that I would do for a living. I think I was a little a little caught up in in life looking a certain way or having to look a certain way because of society or or you know my parents and maybe Um, been happy. what the conversation was at the time. So it took me a while to come to a realization about what I really wanted to do in life. And ultimately, it was design and creativity in whatever way. Yeah, so I was working at the Ford Foundation, which is a very large philanthropic organization. And I was supporting uh, a team of people working in sustainability and livelihoods, creating livelihoods uh, all over the world. And it was like a job I really loved. And it was one of the best places I've ever worked. Um, And obviously doing good and really being involved in creating a better world and life for people. And at the same time, I knew that I was really creative and I'd always had side projects and creative endeavors that I was doing, whether it was designing my own space, my friends' homes, my sisters, you know, making over her Rooms, whatever it was, I was always doing something creative and had my hand in things. I was a fashion stylist for six months, doing like wedding styling and fashion styling. So I really, while I was working there, knowing this, I really had a calling. I had a calling to do something with the gifts and talents that I have around being creative. And so I got a a certificate in jewelry design and uh, during that time, I took an entrepreneurial course, like a 16-week mini MBA course, or intensive, and I met there. I met a woman named Angie Angie Cho, who is a feng shui architect. So amazing friend of mine, another soul sister. And basically, I just put two and two together. Somehow, it just all clicked. It clicked for me that really hand carving and designing jewelry was a bit too finite for me because I'm a big picture girl um and also clicked with me that I could I just realized I could make a livelihood out of a creative endeavor even though I hadn't really been brought up to think that way so I started assisting Angie and little by little I just it, it started to gel for me that there there was a way because I felt so called to do good. Right. So there was that altruistic element. And then also working with someone who's creative and being able to be in a creative endeavor. I really wanted to merge those two things. And I think what's beautiful about the universe is once you come to realization that it's actually possible to create what you want, the universe shows up. And that's what happened with me. The minute that I decided, okay, I told Angie, I'm going to help you out whenever you need me. I'm just going to, if you want me to hold your measuring tape, I will like anything you need me to do, I'll support. And so I started working with her here and there on projects. And just like that, I got a call from my sister who is an educator. So she's a teacher and she was at the time, you know, an administrator and her, her principal was looking for someone to revamp their spaces And initially I was like, yeah, no, I don't have any experience doing this. I'd never do this. And she's like, just go in and have a conversation. So the universe showed up with that opportunity. My sister believed in me. She called me in. I met with her principal and I ended up on a vendor call. I managed this like furniture situation. They needed, they needed to order furniture for their main office. And just like that, the guy asked me to send them a proposal. He wanted to have me come in and actually revamp their spaces. So that's when the magic happened and when I realized that this was really it. Um, and I got the project. I hired someone to support me with like AutoCAD and actually I'm self-taught. I was self-taught at that point. I hadn't gone to school yet. And that's how it happened. So my business was born then. And ever since then, I've really been on my own personal journey, my self-discovery and, uh, I don't know, personal development journey. I've really come to realize that, that, that there's such a connection between our environment and what we're, what we surround ourselves with. You know, you often hear like, if who you surround yourself with, pay attention to that, because that's about that, that really supports who you're going to become, you know, the energy that you're surrounding yourself with. And I would say that that's just as important in the spaces and what you surround yourself with. You know, when you walk into your home, when you walk into your office space, if you're, you know, students walking into a school, their environments really affect their energy and therefore their actions um so i'm really about creating spaces that yeah help you help people live their best lives and and really help improve the state of the world so
1: beautiful so beautiful to hear that all in just one big giant story because i haven't really experienced all of that story before, and I'm sure that it's going to resonate to a lot of others out there. And some of our audience, they're starting new bu- their own businesses. And I know you wrote an article about how you made a leap from being in the corporate world to running your own business and being self-employed. And I would love to hear some of your tips and how you got there or anything that
2: you even want to share from that article that you wrote. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was... I was really proud of that. That came to me. is like, you know, you always talk about channeling, Nixie, because you're such a a spiritually in tune goddess. And so it was one of those moments in my life uh, that that came to me. I'd been journaling. I've been journaling since I was like 13. Um, But at that moment, I had been for the week kind of back into my swing with journaling. And I was reading Gabby Bernstein at the time, um, another powerhouse. And it just downloaded. It came to me in like 10 minutes. I wrote that article in in a flash because it was just so true for me. and I really had this intense feeling that sharing my ex- that my experience got to be shared and um, that I should put that out there in the world because it was really powerful. and the lessons that I learned were really profound. And so you know the first thing truly is about setting intention and about not limiting yourself by your past. because everyone has had successes in their lives in one way or another. It could be a success in your personal life. It could be a success in your past career, or maybe you hated your career, but you did it really well. There are so many different areas in your life when you really, really look at it and really go inward where you've had moments of, oh my God, I did this right. Um, So really being able to pull from that, from those moments, uh, and acknowledging yourself for creating whatever it was, no matter how small you may think it is, um, that's just an indication that you have the ability to create what you set out to create. Um, and then knowing that, okay, if I was able to do it in that area, however that might look, um, if I'm able to be a really good mom, then I can be a really good entrepreneur. You know, if I'm able to create uh, a loving relationship with my with my significant other, then I can create relationships in my networking. Um, If I'm able to be, if I'm able to work for someone and churn out work for somebody else for years on end, then I can adapt and really put that effort into what I'm creating in my own life. So that's one, really looking at your past successes, however Mm -hmm. small or large they may be. Um, Another one is being open to possibility. And knowing that it's not just there isn't just one way to do one thing and that it, it, you can you can, for instance, I thought it was going to take a really long time to transition from what I was doing to my current business. I thought it was going to be many, many, many years. And, yeah, it's going to take years to build, certainly thinking outside the box, sort of being open to a lot of different possibilities. I think sometimes we get stuck in feeling like, OK, I need to do I need to follow a very specific path to to create or become X Y Z thing. So I, if I don't have an MBA, it's not going to work. Or if I, you know, if I, if I didn't start under the tutelage of someone who's who, someone else who's done this successfully, then it's not going to work. Or whatever these conversations are that we're having. And so for me, one of the biggest, uh, most powerful breakthroughs, for last, lack of a better word, would be thinking outside of the box and creating possibilities for myself. So it happened, you know, my transition happened quickly because I thought on my feet, I moved forward with an opportunity, which was designing this school. And I hired someone, a grad student, actually an architectural uh, graduate student to train me in AutoCAD. So I was doing that like during my lunch hour while I was working. So just really thinking outside of the box about what skills do I need to make this happen? you know, find a 12 week course in entrepreneurship, take it or go on Udemy or Linda or, or any of these online universities. There are so many of them. I can't even think of them right now. Um, LinkedIn is connected with Linda and all these different online universities and courses and classes you can take, you know, um, Seth Godin's, uh, you know, what I can't think of Alt-MBA, I think it's called. There's just so many ways. There's so many out there. Yeah, it's like a ton, a ton, a ton. And so there are a lot of opportunities and ways for you to gain skills that you can immediately apply to what you're transitioning into. And so that would be the second most powerful um, piece of advice that I could give for really fast forwarding uh, your your path or your, your transition into this new career or business.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, what I'm really hearing you say is that it's all about mindset shift and commitment.
2: Absolutely. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, you know, we Magalie and I have had a couple technical difficulties as we're <laughs> recording this podcast and I always like to be real about what's going on behind the curtain because at the end of the day, being a business owner and and creating a business for yourself and being an, a goddesspreneur, it takes a lot of of hustle and and it really is this this opportunity to constantly flex both sides of the brain and that muscle of what can I do next? How can I how can I do whatever it takes to really make sure that I'm committed to my vision and to committed to my goals and what my business needs are. So I'm, I just love, I love laughing at the journey and falling in love with the process because ultimately yeah, right. it's like, sometimes I feel like a crazy person running around with my head cut off, you know, <laughs> I'm like what's even going on, what's really happening. But I love that you put mindset and commitment into the space because those two, those two together are incredibly powerful and really a very secret recipe on moving forward and transitioning into being, uh, working for yourself and ultimately, That's the freedom that I think we're really all seeking. And as women, too, it's 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 about coming together and knowing that we're all supported and we're we can do this together, not alone anymore.
2: Yeah, because we're I think what's powerful there is that we're all going through the same things. If if being an entrepreneur or uh, transitioning into a new career or area of your life, if that's something that's going on, a lot of us think that we're in this alone And we think that we're, you know, it's just us that are struggling in this way or challenged by a certain thing, but it's, it's all of us. And, and when we share that, uh, I think there's power in sharing it and there's power in knowing that you're not alone.
1: Yeah, we are definitely not alone in this journey, which is why we are here speaking to all of you now. So Magali, I would love for you to share with us some tips as we've entered spring and a new energy arises for us to get really clean and organized in our home spaces so that we can really bring forth and live in a healthy mindset.
2: Yes. So um, awesome. This is this is my specialty. This is what I really love to do. So first things first, I really often uh, I talk about uh, and always presence with the people, with my clients and the people that I'm working with, the power of intention and really getting clear on what you want. So, intention is sort of can be a woo woo word uh, or a catchphrase, but really it's about. We're pretty woo woo getting... over here. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, we are. Okay. I got to remember who I'm talking to. This audience gets it. This audience is conscious as hell. So, I love that. Um, but really, it's about setting your intention and getting clear on what you want. So, First, we get to also accept what is and uh, let go of and release any self beat up, release any judgment we're holding against ourselves about what our spaces look like or what we've accumulated, Um, just recognizing whatever energy we've created. Right. So, yeah, it's been a long winter for for some people and you know you've just been going from thing to thing and just getting through and and hustling and bustling and doing whatever you got to do to handle your life and so maybe some stagnant energy has built up maybe in the in the energetically so figuratively and then also maybe physically So are your spaces sort of cluttered? Do you have, have you, you know, built up a pile of coats and jackets and boots and winter clothes and maybe things are a little messy in your space? So first it's just accepting yourself, accepting what is, forgiving whatever you may be holding against yourself. I think as women, we tend to have such high standards and hell yeah, we can accomplish anything and we can have it all. And at the same time, we're human beings. And so there's a lot of energy we put out when we're doing it all. You know, there's, a lot, that, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of action. We're very action-oriented, a lot of action going on. And so really right now, as we have just passed the spring equinox, really coming back to center, accepting ourselves and our spaces as they are, and then deciding... And reflecting on what it is we want to create and that could just be hey i'm setting a new intention for what i want to bring into my life you know maybe it's about a relationship or maybe it's about moving out of a relationship or maybe it's about for you um just a reset so it could maybe it's not even that heavy maybe it's just about resetting and shifting the energy of your space so that it feels like spring and so once you do the accepting, you set the intention, whatever that may be. For me, I'll, I'll share what my process is right now. I'm really getting grounded in, in following through and completing certain projects that have been on my plate for a while. And so I am manifesting follow through and completion. And so once I set that intention, the next step is to clear the space. So that begins with physical clearing because a lot of times if we're feeling stagnant in our emotions uh, or stagnant in our life, in our lives and in what we're seeing as what we're creating in our lives, like maybe there's no motion at your job or maybe you're really looking to get a, a promotion or maybe in your business you want to bring in new clients or, or you're adding a, a service. Um, so really now is the time our homes are both physical and emotional hubs for our stuff, right? They hold our physical and emotional stuff. So, now now that we've set that intention of what we want to create, now it's time to really get physical. So, look into your closets, open those drawers, empty out what doesn't what you don't need because really it's about asking yourself, what does it serve me? Whatever doesn't serve you physically that's what you get to chuck. You get to remove it from your space. Either you're throwing it out or you're, you're, you're gifting it to someone or you're selling it to create income or, or you know really um, create movement in your financial sector. That's what you get to look at. So closets and drawers are first for me because that's where our, our that's where we avoid those are the places that we actually literally avoid it's the things where we don't want to look at we put them in the closets, we put them in the drawers we put them in the in the um in the dresser we put them under the bed so all of those areas get excavated first because then it really energetically is about oh I'm open to looking at all areas in my life that i've been avoiding next it's really about the other spaces so you're you're physical spaces that are out in the open. So the living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, really all those areas represent different things. You know, your bedroom is your the sanctuary within a sanctuary. So that's where your love and your self self-love first, obviously, and then also partnership and love in your relationship is happening. So really making sure that space is supporting you. So now I'd be looking at how can my bedroom be cleared and cleaned. Um, how can I make that look more beautiful? Uh, then going into your kitchen, which is sustenance and sustainability. Um, you know, how are you feeding your body? How are you feeding your soul? That's where I'd be looking at, okay, maybe the next step, the next place to go into is your kitchen, rearranging that, you know, are the plates mismatched? And if they're mismatched, is that purposeful? You know, and you can do that on a budget, you can do that on the high end. So you can do it either way you want to. You're going to the dollar store if you're going into, you know, you want to get your Mikasa, whatever it is, your your beautiful crystal, whatever it is you may be using. Um, Or in between, going to Target, going to Macy's. You know, really looking at that space in the kitchen, how am I sustaining myself? What's then in the cabinets? You know, have I been eating and feeding myself with the right things? You know, is the is the refrigerator junkie? Like, what's happening in there? Just really getting going deep, looking at your spaces and cleaning things out, and then reflecting on what you can bring in to support your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's so, really powerful.
1: Very <laughs> powerful. I'm sitting over here going, okay, I've got to look at some things. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. For sure. How do you
1: How do you feel about? Creating, I've created a specific drawer that I use for just clutter. Like I dedicate that drawer to my hoarding
2: clutter drawer. What are your What are your thoughts about that? So that's actually really deep. So I have uh, multiple. I have a couple of different ways you can look at this, and it really depends on your on you on the person. So this is very. uh, This is something that you can personalize based on where you get to grow in your life. So if you're a mom, let's say, and you're managing your family, yourself, you know, you can be a business owner or a working woman or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Whatever it is, you're really that nurturer and you're holding that family together. You're like the operations director of your family, right? And so for those, because there are so many different elements at play there, I actually often advocate creating spaces to hide or to hold the things that you don't want getting all over everything because you are managing a lot right so it's not so so perfection for a mother who's managing an entire family may be just being able to have the clutter or or the things that are used by many people having a place for that so maybe it's your coffee table and you, a, a, a coffee table that doubles as storage where you just dump everything that you know is going to be taken out eventually. Anyways, they're playing with a million toys, but you can go into that and then close it up at night. Maybe it's a woman who's in a one bedroom apartment and you're working in your bedroom, which I don't advocate, but you've got an armoire that opens up and then closes up. So you keep all of the business paper, or your work in that space and you can close it off and find peace. So for someone like that, I might advocate, you know, and even a busy business owner um, like yourself, Nixie, or myself, I have an area where I'm keeping things. So I've got a junk drawer, but that drawer, as long as I'm creating a time, maybe it's biweekly, maybe it's monthly, maybe it's quarterly, I'm holding myself accountable for looking, you know, maybe it's seasonal, like right now, you know, spring equinox. I'm holding myself accountable for during that time. I'm going to do a clearing. I'm going to look in that drawer, throw out what's not serving me and reevaluate what gets kept there. So on the one hand, I advocate for there being a space in your life to hold our natural organic mess and then also not having that be a crutch, creating Mm -hmm. systems for yourself where you are looking at that. Area of your life and you're clearing it. Beautiful,
1: and and how do you generally deal with your? Do you go into clients' houses and um, work with their clutter, or do you? How do you deal with that on a daily basis with those that you work with?
2: Well, so I'm going to go big on this answer, and then we can get into the mechanics of it. So, really, my vision for myself and for the world is beauty, joy, and purpose. So in my business, that's what I approach. And if you look at those three elements, I have beauty first because I really believe that beauty feeds the soul. And so I'm the, the main element of my business is really about the interior aesthetics. So does the space really look clean? Does it look uh, beautiful? Does it look aesthetically pleasing. So generally, I do interior design. That's the bulk of my business. And at the same time, for me, and for many of the best designers, design includes functionality. And that really digs into purpose and also joy, because you can't be happy if your space doesn't work efficiently and effectively. It's actually going to annoy you. So that actually takes away from the joy. And then your purpose, which is What are you creating in your life or in your space? Uh, Maybe in a school, it's you want to teach and really you're 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 teaching people and you're helping them to learn. And that's what they're creating, really. Um, Or in your home, you really want your home to support self-love or you want it to support um, bringing in a new love or you want it to support uh, being a successful business owner. Well, then in that element, the purpose element of it, I definitely get involved in creating effective spaces such that they're organized. So I do professional organizing as well, but that's an additional service. And in a school, the organizing element of it is almost equal to, it is equal to the beautification and then the aesthetic element. So it depending it, it depends on the client, but I'd say they all work hand in hand with my primary service being creating a beautiful space that supports your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. As far as energy goes, for color and energy, actually, I'm going to ask you about color here. What do you recommend as far as putting certain colors in certain rooms? Um, do you have, you know, everything I know has energy, but what are some of your tips on putting color in the bedroom or color in the living room or the kitchen for those who like so, color or don't, or don't actually know really a lot about color? Because I think that a lot of people tend to gear towards something that's comfortable, But, um, I would love to hear your, your feedback on that.
2: Yeah. So I think that it's true. I think a lot uh, of people, I think there's a little bit of a fear of color and, you know, I think, I think a lot about what it is we are afraid of in ourselves that has us wanting to follow a very, uh, specific process around color, maybe shying away from bold colors. Um, I'm an advocate. I'm a big advocate of color. Of course, Nix, as you see me, I always mm-hmm. have like bold colors on and jewelry. And, you know, I'm really about bringing color into into my life. And I tend to, even in my designs, always incorporate color in some way because I equate color to just joyfulness. Um, and especially the cultures that are very colorful, like Eastern, certain Eastern cultures, Indian cultures, you know, with the gorgeous saris and the marigolds. And that really resonates with me in African cultures that have just gorgeous textiles. They're really colorful. And I tend to find even in South America, there's so many places around the world where, where you have the most color is often where you find the most joyful, welcoming, warm individuals and energy. And so I tend to be an advocate of color that said, you know, if you are a person who's trepidatious around bringing color into your life, um, then think about maybe adding it in certain areas. Maybe you start small um, and go from there. As long as there's a pop of color, that can just be a vase in your space. It can be your throw pillows. You know, it can be a throw that's on the arm of your favorite armchair. Um, and in the bedroom, that's the one place that I would say, or, or so. Let me let me actually backtrack. Or you can go in a closed space. Maybe it's a closet. Maybe it's a wallpaper you have on the inside of your closet or it's in your art. You put your color there. I really genuinely deeply believe that color belongs in every space in some way, shape or form. And it's up to you how bold you want to get with that. Um, A bathroom is also a great space for someone who's a little trepidatious about color. But in the bedroom, that's the one place that I would say there are two things that get to go on in the bedroom, sleep and sex. And it's so crazy. We're talking about this. Cause today on my Instagram, um, at Magalie underscore Renee Hayes, um, that's my Instagram. And today on my Instagram, I talked about, um, the bedroom and how the two S's sleep and sex are really the only thing that gets to, that gets to the only things that get to happen in the bedroom. Um, because it's really about your sanctuary and, um, Sex can also just be about self-love. So that can be another S, right? Self-love and sleep, or sex, self-love, and sleep. Um, so in, those, in that space, I really am an advocate of very soft shades, you know, dependent upon what you're trying to bring in. Red is a very fiery color, and if you're in a partnership, you know, I... It's really funny. I have been in volatile relationships before, if I'm to be totally um, honest and, and open with you guys. And when I have been, my bedroom, when I look at it now, I look back, I had one wall in my bedroom that was painted red. So I don't know that that had, you know, I believe actually, to, so really, I do believe that that had a lot to do with the kind of energy I was calling into the space. So I'm really for the bedroom, and advocate of, they can be, bold colors, but then they would be like a sexy, sensual color, right? So maybe it's a deep aubergine, which is more purple. Um, If you're really going to go bold, really think about what's a sensual color that doesn't add too much heat unless you've had a really cold life and you really want to bring, you want to add that kind of energy. So that may work too. So it's a little bit individual and personalized, but gen- generally, I advocate for softer shades in the bedroom to really call in relaxation and rest, um, and comfort and sanctuary. So that's a long-winded answer. I'd say mm. long-winded, but it's personal. So, no, that's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah,
1: and you know something I want to put into the space too. I know there's there's got to be women out there who maybe live in a studio or they rent out a room or you know what. What are some tips that you can create for, for some of us that might be in that sort of a situation?
2: Yeah, so what's really beautiful about that is, is uh, that speaks to a lot of the work that I do with schools where they have, they're have they doing a lot of different things in one space, a lot of different activities. So I'd say the first thing is to get organized mentally. So take out a notepad or computer or your phone, whatever, and begin to write out all the activities that are taking place in your in that space. Um, so how many things are you doing? What are the different activities and what are you using? What physical items are you using in order to accomplish that activity? And then once you have that, you are really on paper, you can look at everything that's going on in your life and really then begin to assess, well, how am I going to manage this in such a way that serves me? And I would say step one of that is to create zones create zones of activity. So everything has its place is one of those really common sort of trite statements. And it's very, very true. Um, So creating a space within creating spaces or zones of activity within your within your space. Um, And that what can support that a tip that can support that is multifunctional uh, furniture. So, you know, an armoire that opens into a desk, a desk that can then be flipped, you know, the the lip where you would be working can then be flipped up and closed. Or, you know, even IKEA has one that you literally bolt to the wall and it flips down and you can put your laptop there, then you flip it up and it's just, you know, you can put a beautiful, I don't know, you can put like wallpaper, whatever it is you can put over that and disguise it. So it really doesn't take up any space in your room would be the goal is to have space saving, multifunctional or multi purpose uh, elements in your space. So that would be one would be the desk that closes off or flips up to to not take up any room space. Another would be having a having a coffee table, let's say that is multifunctional. So I've seen at West Elm they've got a beautiful mango. Wood coffee table that the that not only opens up into storage, but it also the one piece of it flips up and lifts so that you can sit on your couch and work. It becomes basically a workstation. So that's triple duty. It's the coffee table. It's storage. And there's a lip where you can work from that space or eat from that space. So that's another thing. So really just begin to look at multifunctional everything. Mm-hmm. Think about a, a, a bed where maybe there are drawers at the bottom of the bed where you're storing things into that drawer and that closes off. So now you've got storage and you've got your bed. Um, So yeah, just uh, thinking about Googling or considering all the different possibilities within everything that you order or want to bring into your space. So I need furniture. Well, I'm looking at multifunctional coffee table. I'm looking at multifunctional Uh, Armoire multifunctional everything every single element in your room can serve a dual function and that's that's that would be the tip Beautiful. I love
1: it Well, Magali It has been pretty incredible hearing all these amazing tips for our home and creating sanctuaries And I just want to is there anything else that you want to share with us today before we close out
2: this sacred council? um Well, I do. Yeah, there is one. So one is the importance of, you just brought it up, you said sacred counsel. And so the last thing I would leave you with is really the importance of or the sacredness of your spaces. And that that really begins with you. So our inner sanctuaries really inform our outer sanctuaries. And so when I talked about getting clear on intention really getting clear within yourself about what you want to create within you. And once you get really clear on that, and I think that that's where, you know, I look to powerful women like yourself, Nixie, who really are all about grounding women in their truth and in their sacred femininity, you know, really getting clear with yourself, the kind of woman who that you are, where your truth is, mm-hmm. and having that letting that inform the spaces, your outer sanctuaries and the spaces you have. And once you notice or you move in, and once you notice that, you'll really begin to see how that then it becomes a sacred circle, right? A sacred circle that extends from you to your spaces, to your life, to others, and then continues to replenish and sustain you. So that's what I would leave women with, is that your inner sanctuary is as powerful as your outer sanctuary.
1: Mm, beautiful. Yeah, for those of you that um, are not in the LA area and ha- saw the workshop that Maggie and I were doing, that it's a little piece of the workshop. So going forward, we're definitely creating ways that we can bring some of the work that we're doing together out into the world, um, even when you're not oh. here. Mm-hmm. So
2: Yeah, and I should I should actually share the title. So I don't know. I think Nixie might have mentioned it in the beginning, but our workshop is called Home Making Life a Sanctuary. And it really is about connecting the inner sanctuary, just like I just talked about to your outer sanctuary, and um, creating a sustainable life that really feeds you and uh, feeds your dreams. Yeah, feeds the goals that you have in life and what you're creating. So mm-hmm. super powerful, super powerful, and if you're interested in it, then definitely head to uh, Nixie's website or head to my website. Um, I'm sure Nixie, you know, it's Magalie Hayes dot com. So M A G A L I E R E N E H A Y E S dot com, and um, I am Goddess Collective dot com, I believe, right, Nix? That's yeah. your name. Yeah. yeah. And so just head there, and you'll find uh, so that you can jump on our our. Uh, Email list so we could share with you all the amazing workshops that we're having and we do intend to Have that happen in multiple states. So we'll be coming to a town near you soon.
1: Yes (laughs) Hell, yeah Uh, well, it's been such an honor having you on this platform today and uh, You already answered my question as far as how we can find you how the audience can work with you connect with you and follow you so Um, thank you for that. And, um, any other,
2: any other platforms? I know you're on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, the big, really my, my two, my favorite is obviously visual. So that's Instagram and it's Magalie, M-A-G-A-L-I-E underscore Renee Hayes. So underscore R-E-N-E-H-A-Y-E-S. Um, and you'll find me there and I'm always sharing uh tips about about creating sanctuary and creating really being being conscious of your design so conscious design for a beautiful world and a happy life yeah
1: yay so yummy well i'm giving up the <laughs> oh, I- absolutely thank you for for saying yes and offering your beautiful guidance and wisdom to to the audience here and um this is a topic that we haven't discussed so felt that with the spring energy it's time for us to really get clear on the clutter and and why we're really doing the things in our internal spaces and how we can really create that sanctuary in our outer world so I'm leaving the music choice of the day for for Maggie here. She's got a song for us. So please please tell
2: us what you we're going to jam out to. Oh, yes. So a song that always makes me feel good is a song by Mary J. Blige. And it's called I Feel Good. And yeah, whenever I put that song on, I just feel like the diva that I am. And I rock out and know that I can take on the world and be just joyful, happy, and be my goddess self and really bring, bring the power and bring beauty to the universe and to the world. And I just, yeah, I feel good. It's perfectly titled. Mm, well, enjoy this, this song, goddesses.
1: And I love you. I hear you. I see you. And I will talk with you all soon. Bye. Bye, guys.